1: And we join him right now with today's message. I
2: want to talk to you about how God takes your life and your path and crosses it with the path of someone who needs Jesus. Now, there are many passages. I mean, there's all kinds of stories that illustrate this truth. But the classic illustration is in Acts chapter 8. And I just want to read this story to you. Verse 26 of Acts 8, an angel. Everybody say an angel. An angel of the Lord said to Philip. Everybody say Philip. He's kind of the main character here. He tells Philip, go south to the road, the desert road. This road is out in the middle of nowhere. It is a desert. I want you to go down that desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all, say the word all, All. this guy's in charge of all the treasury of Candace, who was the queen of the Ethiopians. And the man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now he's on his way home. Uh, The Bible says that on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot and he was reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit, verse 39 or 29, told Philip, go to that chariot and just stay near it. That might have been strange, you know, a guy following you around in your chariot. But verse 30, Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. He asked this question, do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. The Ethiopian eunuch says in verse 31, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him in his chariot the eunuch was reading this passage of scripture this comes from Isaiah chapter 53 he was led like a sheep to the slaughter as a lamb before the shearer is silent now we know who he's talking about but the eunuch did not understand he was led like a sheep to the slaughter as a lamb before the shearer is silent so he did not open his mouth Verse 33, in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice, who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth. Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Is he talking about himself, or is he talking about someone else? Who is he talking about? The Bible says in verse 35 that Philip began with that very passage of Scripture, and told him the good news about who? Jesus. Jesus. Now, ladies and gentlemen, when we think about divine appointments, there's three things that always happen. Number one, write this down. The Holy Spirit was orchestrating. Getting someone saved might seem complicated to you, but God uses people, just ordinary people like you and I, Directed by the Holy Spirit. And he moves us, and he places us, and he positions us so that a soul might be one. We read this verse, verse 29, that the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Very specific instructions. And there are times, if you are aware, the Holy Spirit will prompt you. You might think that the prompting is silly. You might think that the prompting is irrelevant. You might think that the prompting has no rhyme or reason, but trust me, the Holy Spirit of God is positioning you so that you might make a difference in someone else's life. That's what he does. We know that the Holy Spirit is orchestrating. Number two, write this down. We know this, that the Ethiopian was searching. We know that. And all around us, Are people who are searching now they might not look like they're searching because on the outside we all have this facade and everybody looks like they got everything together but on the inside deep down people are searching because if they don't know Jesus Christ they're empty they will search because only Jesus fulfills We know, I want you to write this down, look at verse 27. We know this was a very important, everybody say important. We know this guy was a VIP. You say, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says that in verse 27. It says the Ethiopian eunuch was an important, there's the word, it's actually in the text. He was an important official. We also know he was a VWP. He was a very wealthy person. How do you know that? That's what the Bible says. It says that he was in charge of all the treasury of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. He's a very important person. He's a very wealthy person. He's also a VRP. He's a very religious person because the Bible says that this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and now he's on his way home and he's sitting in his chariot reading the book of isaiah he's a vip a vwp and a vrp very important very wealthy and very religious person and yet on the inside he's still unfulfilled he's searching he reminds me of the many people in our culture who've tried everything yet they're still empty on the inside we have so many cults and false religions the new age movement we got all kinds of people following false gods, not to mention the false religion of people trying to earn their way into heaven, which is most people. And people try drugs and alcohol. They try clubbing and fame and fortune. They elevate themselves. But nothing in this world ever satisfies that deep longing of the heart. God created you with a void that only his son can fulfill. And if you've yet not yet met Jesus or not yet tried Jesus, then you too are searching even here today. The Holy Spirit is orchestrating. The Ethiopian was searching. Number three, the evangelist was willing. Philip is only mentioned three times in the Bible. The first is in Acts chapter 6. He's one of the seven deacons. He's just a guy sitting out there in the church, and they said, hey, can you help uh, distribute? we got some widows. Can you help distribute the food for the widows? The second time we see him was earlier in Acts chapter 8. It's very important to this story. The second time we see Philip, he's in Samaria in Acts chapter 8, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8, and he's preaching in Samaria, and, and it's like a revival breaks out. There are miracles everywhere. He is casting out evil spirits. People are getting healed. He's healing the sick. There are great crowds that are showing up, and the Bible says that the entire city is full of joy. I'm telling you, a revival is breaking out, and in the midst of that revival, the angel says, hey, I want you to go down to that desert road. What? Me? I want to be where the the revival, the Spirit of God is moving here. You want me to go where? I want you to leave all this stuff, good stuff, go down there out there in the desert road. "Why, Why would I go out there in the desert but he obeys the Spirit of God, and the next thing you know, he leads this Ethiopian man to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Here's the thing: I want you to write this down quickly. Number one, he was available. He ran when the Spirit of God said, "Leave this revival," and I want you to go out in the desert. He he ran. The Bible says he ran. Everybody say he ran. Listen, how many of you have never graduated from Bible college? You don't have a Bible college degree. You do not have a Bible college Oh, you're perfect. You're exactly who God's looking to use. Because it's not about your your ability. It's about your availability. And Philip was available. Number two, he was sensitive. He heard. He didn't go over there uh, and start beating the guy over the head with his Bible. He just went over there and stood. And he listened. He heard. He was sensitive. He just went over there, you know. He did what the Holy Spirit asked him to do. He said, go over there and just stay near it. Now, that might have been a little creepy, but he went over there and just was standing. He was listening. And then number three, he was helpful. He asked, do you understand what you're reading? It's a a great... Evangelism begins with a question. Are you happy? What are you doing? What's going on in your life? Do Do you know... what? Tell me something good that's going on. You know, you, uh, you begin with the question. Number four, he built a rapport. Because somewhere in a brief moment of time, the Ethiopian eunuch actually invited him, hey, why don't you come on up here and sit with me in my chariot? That's the type of guy I want to be. I want to be the guy when I'm out cycling with some guys that I can build a rapport so a guy... He just knows, hey, I I, I like this guy. I I want to ask him some questions. Where you live in your block, you want to build a rapport with your neighbors. When you go to work, you want to be the kind of employee that when someone's going through problems, they they want to come talk to you because you've built such a rapport. And number five, he preached Jesus. Oh, that someone needs to say amen there. He preached Jesus. That's what verse 35 says. Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about who? About Jesus. Everybody do this. We lift up Jesus here. That's why God's blessed this church. We lift up. That's the name of our, that's the name of our media ministry is to lift up Jesus. He just began with that, he began, he began with that passage and talked about, it doesn't matter what the the subject could be this, subject could be this, subject could be this, subject could be this, this. whatever the subject is with your friend, you need to turn it around and start lifting up and get it to talk about Jesus. Every one of us should be doing that. And number six, another reason why I like this guy is he baptized the Ethiopian man. We know that in verse 35 that he was talking about Jesus. It does not say he talked to him about baptism. It just says he talked to him about Jesus. But the very next verse, verse 36 says, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. Why can't I be baptized right now? Now, I I don't know when it says that he talked to him about Jesus. I don't know what the sermon was about that day. But somewhere in the process of talking to him about Jesus, he must have talked about being baptized because all we know is the very next verse, the eunuch says, look, there's water. Why can't I be baptized? Amen. Amen. I don't like bapt—I Honestly, I don't like baptizing people that I go, come on, please, please be baptized. Jesus, come on, please, please, come on. Come on we'll help you. Come on. no, don't, don't be afraid. Come on we got warm water and robes and we got a hair dryer and all them. Come on, come on, come on. Please, please, please be baptized. I don't like baptizing people like that. I like baptizing people when they say, Hey, preacher, would you please keep the sermon short? There's water over there. Why can't I be baptized right now? As we close, listen to me. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Who was baptized? The Ethiopian. Where, where is he from? And where is he headed? No, no, he, no he's, he, he, he was, he, he'd already been to Jerusalem. Where was he headed? Back home. Where's home? How far away is it? 2,600 miles. Do you realize that what you read today is the first convert on the continent of Africa? Do you know how many Christians are in Africa? I mean, it's a big place, and there's a lot of people unsaved, but there are a lot of believers there. And you just read about a guy who had gone to Jerusalem. He's still searching. He's on his way home. He hadn't found the answer. He's reading some text in Isaiah. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. But God used a man named Philip, said, go stand near that chariot. And he led that man to Jesus Christ. He was baptized, the first little lake they found. And that man went all the way back. He was working for the queen of Ethiopia. Her name was Candace. And became the very first convert on the continent of Africa. The reason I tell you that and make that point is that right here in Los Angeles, you need to hear me out. God has brought the entire world to this city. And as we reach people here in this city, they have family members that are back in the countries from which they've come. When I first moved here 32 years ago, I remember this number that in Los Angeles, that there were 105 different languages spoken in this city. I only know English. But 32 years ago, I was told there were 105 different languages spoken in this city. I looked the number up this week. Now there are 224 languages spoken in this city, representing 140 countries around the world. Did you know that in Los Angeles... Out of the entire United States of America, we have the largest African-born population of any city in the United States of America. Did you know we have the largest Latino community? You probably already knew that. How many of you already knew that? You knew that? You knew that? Did you know we have the largest Vietnamese community in the entire United States of America? We have the largest Armenian community. Any Armenians here? We have the largest Armenian community in the entire United States of America. We have the largest Korean community in the United States of America. We have the second-largest Arab community in the United States of America. We have the second largest, second-largest Russian community in the entire United States of America. We have the largest number of ethnic enclaves of any city in the United States of America. We have Chinatown. We have Filipino town. We have Korea town. We have little Ethiopia. We have little Bangladesh. We have little Tokyo. We have little Saigon. We have Thai town. And I, I got a brand new one I'm going to introduce to you. We have shepherd town. And the reason I mention that is that as we reach this we reach the entire world. I'm telling you, you don't have to go across the Pacific Ocean on a mission trip. You don't have to go across the Atlantic Ocean on a mission trip. All you have to do is to be willing to go across the street from where you live. Hey, we're going to take just a little break. We've been talking about Philip having a divine appointment with the Ethiopian eunuch. And we want to give you a modern day story, a modern day illustration of another man named Geronimo, who also believes in divine appointments. Enjoy his testimony.
3: My name is Geronimo Lopez. I'm the executive chef for Hope of the Valley Rescue Mission, and I've been going to shepherd for the last seven years. My passion for food started at a very young age. Uh, I always remember being in the kitchen with my family. I'm the youngest of 10, so when my mom cooked, it was kind of a lot of work. So the culinary for me yeah, was way back then. I mean, I was young. and you know, I used to always want to help my mom. And um, as I grew up, you know, I used to like to cook. And I was always in the kitchen, you know, trying to make something to eat and prepare things just for dinner. And eventually I found myself unhappy with my job. I was in my mid-twenties. And um, I was looking to go back to school and. So my wife, being who she is, smart, she, she nudged me. She said, you love to cook. You should go to cooking school. And I laughed, I was like there's no money in cooking. <laughs> and uh, she said, but that's what you love to do. By that time, I you know, was cooking all the time, cooking at home, cooking, grilling, and doing special things. And I gave it a shot. I'm passionate to feed the homeless. And I can honestly say I don't know why. I, I, it's not something that I decided to do. It, it's just something that um, it was in me. For me as a chef, uh, my completeness back then, as far as I would say, back then was to make people smile. As a chef, I think we want to uh, serve and, and and please people with our creations, our our food, and um, and, and and that was always good for me. I've always like that as you know cooking for people or um, but it, it, in the background I, I always wanted to help help out uh, my spiritual gift naturally is serving and, and I always wanted to help those who were in need and, and it just grew uh, the more attention I, I, I paid to it it grew uh, I drive by I, I see people uh, I like I, I notice them I spot them a mile away My understanding of sharing the gospel is in action. And in action, I will have an opportunity to share it. And not only share it, but to live it with them. Doing this on the street side to now doing it in a rescue mission, inside a facility, not only do I have maybe five minutes of their time, but I feed them three meals. And they start to witness something that I don't know if they've never seen before, but you know, a character starts to show. And for me, without even asking, people approach me and they say, I know you're a believer. Or I know you're a Christian. And you know, will you pray for me? And I've had so many different opportunities come to me, um, where I was able to show or, or share my hope, um, my relationship with God with others uh, just by, by being there. There's many ways to share the gospel. You can go out and double date if you're married. Um, a friend of mine go to the skate park. Um, you can go feed the homeless on the street corner as I used to. You can do it at work. You can do it at the gas station. Uh, I've shared with many people, uh, even on your day-to-day transactions, you know, go to the grocery store, you're in line. There's many opportunities for us to display what God has done in our lives. And um, for me, I do it in the kitchen.
1: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. Four seven seven seven. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Deep in the heart of every believer, there's a faint whisper, a call, a prompting. We go about our business and we hear it. We see and interact with lost people every day, and the whisper echoes again for us to share our faith and tell others about Jesus. And yet, we still resist. In his latest book, Compelled, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shares his earnest desire for each and every believer to be equipped with the good news of salvation. He encourages you with inspiring stories of men and women, young and old, who have accepted the irresistible call to share Jesus with everyone they meet. And he provides practical methods to overcome your fears and effectively articulate the message of salvation. Thousands of readers have already taken advantage of this incredible book, and now it's here for you. Compelled, the irresistible call to share your faith, can be yours right now for a gift of $15 or more to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as easy as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888 818 Four seven seven seven. You can also get Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith on our website, liftupjesus.com. Our address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover for yourself the strength that awaits inside you to speak boldly to others of how Jesus Christ has changed your life forever. Don't hesitate. Call us right now and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's latest book, Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at the same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.